how much smarter are we than bugs? Obviously, we can solve problems. We can build things that bugs can't do. But in where it really counts, let me tell you, some, let me tell you a story. Those of you who watch and listen to my Your Daily Environment video series know that I have a fig tree and that that fig tree has got little spider mites on it. I didn't know what they were, but the leaves started falling off last year at some point. They would wither up and fall off. And a friend pointed out that's what happens when you have spider mites or some kind of mite. The way you find out that they're there is you got to tap on the leaf with a piece of paper underneath and they'll fall off. So every morning I tap off the as many spider mites as I can. If I didn't, they would eat up the leaves. The leaves would fall off and then they would move on to the next leaf. That leaf would fall off. And as far as I can tell, the thing would die. I think if it's outdoors, other insects and maybe birds would eat them. But in here, it's a protected environment and it's just them. And I don't have any, I don't know what would eat them. So I just tap them and do that. You might also know if you watch the video series that I have some cherry tomato plants and they were growing beautiful cherry tomatoes and doing really well. It was like overflowing with green and red. A little while ago, the leaves started withering up and I thought I was overwatering it, but it turns out the spider mites or whatever these bugs are had made it to that plant. So there are so many leaves on, the, on that tree that I can't tap them all off. As far as I can tell, the mites are growing like crazy. It looks like I'll get some cherry tomatoes out of it, but the rest, they're going to die. I mean, the leaves are just falling off too quickly and I tap off as many of these bugs as I can. But I, as far as I can tell, it's just too lush and verdant for them to stop growing. And if I don't do anything, whether I do anything or not, they're going to eat up all the leaves. The leaves are all going to, uh, they don't eat the leaves. They're gonna, I guess they eat the sap and get the sugar from inside the plant. The leaves wither up and dry, dry off and fall off. As far as I can tell, the cherry tomato plants aren't going to make it. This reminds me of locusts. Locusts are famously will come through and eat up everything. And it also reminds me of the movie Independence Day. I don't know if you saw it. It wasn't like a great movie, I wouldn't say, but it had cool special effects. And in the movie, there are these aliens that come to the Earth and they start exterminating everything and taking over the planet. Not taking over like to run it. They take it over to use it all up. There's a scene where one of the aliens does this mind meld with a character, a human. After the mind meld, the character says... He wanted me to understand. He communicated with me. That is to say, this mind meld, he could, the human character could sense what was inside the alien. And he said, they're like locusts. They travel from planet to planet, their whole civilization. After they've consumed every natural resource, they move on. And we're next. So these aliens are going around and just using everything up. And I can't help but think, how does this compare with us humans? How are we doing anything different than going to a place, using up the natural resources that were there when we got there, using them more than there's enough to sustain, and then when, when we've used it all up, we move on to the next place? What area where there's been oil have we not used up all the oil that we possibly could and moved on? What places where there have been copper or some mineral or some verdant field, some place where we could grow plants, have we not... Well, there are a lot, plenty of places where we live sustainably and then can keep living sustainably, at least as far as agriculture is concerned. I mean, there are farms all over America, although we're using the soils up. My understanding is that the topsoil, we're depleting it and we're polluting the oceans. The oceans are, have something like a tenth of the wildlife that used to be there because we're fishing it all up. Okay, so we've created nuclear energy, nuclear weapons, We've created refrigeration, we've created all sorts of things, but 
if what we do is like what these bugs do and use up what we can until there's not enough to sustain us and then the whole plant dies and then all the if these mites eat up all these plants then eventually the plant will die and then they will die if by some chance they were able to only grow enough to eat a little bit of the plant's energy but the plant could still live they wouldn't die like that in fact i mean there are symbiosis there's symbi- that would be a parasitical but not killing situation you could have a, a total symbiosis like are the bacteria in our guts that live off of the fiber that we eat and then they turn that fiber that we on our own could not digest and they turn it into something that we can use that would be great if we could live in a symbiotic way with everything else but as far as fossil fuels are concerned and using up topsoil and what we're doing in the rainforest it seems that we're doing what the bugs are doing what these aliens did which is we're using stuff up, not living in harmony, not living in symbiosis with the things around us, but we're using stuff up. If we're using fossil fuels, if we depend on fossil fuels that take hundreds of millions of years to form or tens of millions of years to form, and we're not replacing that, we can't on on that timescale. And we're polluting the land and the water and the sea to where it sustains life less than before us. What difference does it make that we make these really cool inventions if what we do is we use stuff up in the way that the bugs do to where we can't sustain ourselves anymore. Maybe we would live in a situation where we use up all the fossil fuels and the earth is really huge and we could live off of the, off of what's sustainable. But after we use up all the, if we, if our civilization requires fossil fuels and we run out of fossil fuels or or it requires clean air and we've polluted the air so much, or a certain temperature, but we've made it so that the temperature can't, is, you know, the greenhouse effect makes the temperature too high, then we're doing what the bugs do. And it can happen really quickly. Like the cherry tomato plants are fine until suddenly everything just started dropping off. And I think the bugs just exploded really quickly. So one bug, no problem. Two bugs, no problem. A hundred bugs, maybe no problem. But suddenly it was like every, I don't know if it was a hundred. Anyway, we have a situation where we are living non-sustainably. And ultimately, if we keep doing that, we will do what the bugs do. How much more intelligent are we than bugs in where it really counts? And it's really tempting at this point to say, well, as far as fossil fuels are concerned, we'll switch to solar. And as far as global warming is concerned, we'll put little particles in the air that deflect the solar or something like that, and we can solve all these little problems. That's a non-systemic way of looking at things. If you look at things as a system, everything interacts with each other. And if we only had to solve any one of these problems and they were independent, we could probably get out of it. But they're not independent. Because to solve one problem, it tends to exacerbate another. I'll have to do an episode on limits to growth and how you can't just fix one without affecting everything else. But suffice it to say that every time that we have solved a problem, we've used that new freedom to grow more people. The Green Revolution didn't save the lives of a lot of people. It enabled us to grow more people. And what did we grow them with? The Green Revolution enables to create more plants using fossil fuels, using the Haber-Bosch process to create artificial fertilizers. And now it takes the food that we eat, every calorie that we get, took more than a calorie of, I think, fossil fuels and solar energy to make. So we're actually living off of fossil fuels. We're just using it to create more people. And well, the projections show that the population is going to level off at some point at something like 10, million, 11, uh, 10 billion or 11 billion people. That's luck. We're not doing that by on purpose. And that means that those projections depend on certain assumptions. 
those assumptions are that we aren't going to solve certain problems. But if we got, say, fusion, clean fusion that worked, we would simply use that energy to grow more people. That is, technological solutions don't solve social problems of what's the, what population is a population where everyone can live comfortably and healthily and happily. And you think, well, fusion would be so much energy. It would be too cheap to meter. It would just be abundant. If we did that, and you look at the numbers and actually how long it would take us to grow enough people to where even nuclear fusion wouldn't work, wouldn't, it would, we'd reach the next problem that we wouldn't be able to live on the planet because the heat would be so great. Not from global warming, but from the heat that we generated from that fusion. It's only a few hundred years, maybe a few thousand I'll link to the Do the Math blog where someone did the math to figure out what happens if we keep growing at the rate that we keep growing, which fusion would enable. Or we could learn to live sustainably. And if we can learn to live sustainably, say, with nuclear fusion, we can learn to live sustainably with fewer people without nuclear fusion. And it'll be a lot easier with fewer people. And it would have been easier earlier with fewer people then with just living on what we can by being below the carrying capacity of the planet and the energy that we can create sustainably or they can gather sustainably because it would have to be stuff that's coming to us. It would have to be solar. I'm not going to get into the details of what the carrying capacity is or what we'd have to do to keep the population stable. I'll cover that in another episode. But suffice it to say, if we just keep growing and every time that we get some non-sustainable source, we use it up until it's done. And if we depend on that for keeping the numbers up, then we're going to like the mites on the cherry tomato plants. When the cherry tomato plants die, they're all going to die. Do I have to spell this out? What would happen if we don't find a way to live sustainably, well below the carrying capacity of what the planet can sustain? Are we smarter than bugs? I'm not asking, can we make tools and create refrigerators and cars and things like that? I'm asking, can we keep our population from where we collapse, from having overshot what our natural environment can sustain? Can we keep from hundreds of millions, maybe billions of people becoming climate refugees, maybe dying, what value are all of our inventions if we can't keep an outcome like that from happening, where we can't keep from causing each other to suffer? So what's the solution? Looking for more leaves in the language of the bugs, looking for more planets or more Alaskan National Wildlife Reserves or more places to dig oil, those don't work. That only allows us to grow more people, and then we have the same problem again. The bugs move on to a new plant, they kill that plant, then they die again. And if you do the math, if we have a whole other planet and we can't live sustainably on this one, so we somehow use up all the resources on another one, we're back in the same situation really soon, like hundreds, maybe thousands of years later. That's not very long considering how long civilization has been around. We're not going to make it that way. You could say consuming less. Yes, consuming less. But what does less mean? Well, for non-renewables to live sustainably, that means using zero. That means at some point we must be using zero fossil fuels. For renewables... How much less? It's not just less forever, because that would say we have to get to zero there as well, but we can live sustainably on renewable resources. Less means, and this is, this is one of the two main challenges, that if we solve them, then we'll be smarter than bugs. And that the first challenge is to figure out the ratio of people and how much we use to the regeneration capacity of the planet, to take what we are waste and turn it back into something useful. So if we consider how much we exhale that carbon dioxide and there's a certain amount of plants growing and they're using the carbon dioxide and putting oxygen back in, then there's a certain ratio of people to plants that would work. Or likewise, if we look at how much waste we produce urine and feces, then that can be used for fertilizer to some degree. 
But if we have too much, then it destroys things. So in principle, this is a very hard problem to solve, to figure out what's the ratio between the number of people versus the amount of regeneration capacity of the planet. But we don't need to solve that problem exactly because the farther we are below that capacity, the more abundance and resilience we live with. That is, if we are right at the limit of what the earth can sustain, one extra person, that means someone else somewhere has to die. It means we're living at like maximum misery before dying. That's not a place we want to live. And it also means that if some weather thing happens and the capacity goes down, then suddenly every, then people die. So we want to be well, I think it's much more comfortable to be well below that limit because then there's abundance for everyone. I think that means abundance. We have a lot more stuff to live with. It means resilience. If there are problems with, say, the weather or something like that, then we just live with a bit less abundance for a little while. Now, say you think we need to protect our species by not being on Earth because, or not being only on Earth because maybe some uh, asteroid will come through and destroy all life on Earth and we have to get to other planets. Well, we will be more able to get there if we're living sustainably with abundance here. What gets us there is not more people, but more abundance. We have enough people to figure these things out. We have enough people to implement solutions to build rockets and things like that. The less abundance we have, the harder it is to build those things because those things are pretty wasteful in terms of keeping people alive here. So if we have lots of abundance, that is to say, if we're well below the carrying capacity, and I believe we're above it right now, then we're able to get off this planet to get to other planets. If we believe that we can grow on other planets, we believe that we can live more than sustainably there. If we think that we can live more than sustainably elsewhere, why don't we live sustainably here? Or likewise, if we cannot live sustainably here, why would we believe that we can live sustainably elsewhere? If we want to succeed on other planets, not just be able to get there, shouldn't we be able to show that we can live sustainably here so that we can build on what we have here where we can make mistakes and recover that would say that we can live sustainably elsewhere. Everything tells me that if we want to get off this planet, we should live sustainably here and figure that out. That brings me to the second big challenge, which I believe is the big one, which is how do we keep our population where it's sustainable? How do we keep the population from going just because we can? How do we look at the Alaskan National Wildlife Reserve or any unsustainable resource and say, we could use that, but we won't use that? We will continue living the way we are in abundance, keep the population where it is. So that's a big political problem. I don't see it as a, I mean, there will be technical issues. Technical things can raise the carrying capacity and certainly birth control. And there are other technical things that can help. But ultimately, we have to decide we can grow, but we won't grow. That's a political and social question that I don't see technical things can help, but that's tactical, not strategic. How do we solve that problem? The popular response now to how do we level off the population is educate women and girls. To the extent that that works, great, that helps level things off, but it doesn't figure out what the ratio is and what the total amount should be. If we are above the carrying capacity for what's sustainable and we simply level off, then eventually we'll still collapse. If you have too many bugs on the plant and you're choking the plant off, eventually the plant is going to be able to sustain fewer and fewer and it's going to go down. So we still have to figure out, are we above or below? That's the first problem. And then if we are above, how do we get below and stay below without it being just nature resulting in lots of famine and deaths and things like that? Birth control, educating women and girls, that doesn't solve that problem. Solving that problem, as far as I can tell, that would make us clearly smarter than bugs in a meaningful way for the entire species, not just having fast cars and flashing lights and things like that, 
I don't know what else would.